Jagins Otakin Embrace the Edgar Dada Melen Clon Sutra Sepetro Cotos of the Bibbidine Glanchelis Matthew chapter 4. You good? Mm? Praise the Lord. Did you congratulate uh, Mamona? Did you? I didn't hear you. surprised us all. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Bible says you rejoice with those that, that rejoice. Amazing. Praise the Lord. Body test? Oh, okay. With the salary you get from work, can you afford it? But you bought it cash. Strange. Anything is possible. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And we bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. It's a testimony of God's goodness. Praise God. Okay, I don't want to go there. Let me stay in my life. Praise the Lord. Matthew, Matthew 4. Matthew 4. Something is happening. <coughs> I was speaking in other tongues now. Something is happening. Hallelujah. Is, is it, is it, is it important for us to know or understand, rather participate, we use that word, participate in the activities in the realm of the spirit? Is it important? Why is it important? There has to be a reason, right? If it's important, there has to be a reason. Why is it important? Elijah is surrounded, right? He's sitting on a hill. He's surrounded by an army of Assyrians. They are there to kill him. You know why they're there to kill him, right? 
They are there to kill him because he was telling the king of Israel the things which the king of Assyria was speaking in his tent because they were going through a war. Right? So the king got disturbed said, who, who, who's telling my secrets now? Because every plan, every strategy they execute, it is circumvented. One of the counselors or servants, whatever, said, there's a prophet there that tells the king of Israel the things that the king says. The guy is rage said, I must kill this person. Now, here's the thing. And this is what I want you to, to see and to realize why it's important for you to understand at any given point in time the activities that take place in the spirit. Because would a king, naturally speaking, would a king rally up his entire army against one man? For one man. Naturally, he would send a couple of guys, right? And they'll finish him. But this guy is sending an entire army against Elisha. He leads his quarrels with the king of Israel, directs the force of his military to Elisha. Now, Elisha, the next morning, is sitting on the hill. His armor bearer wakes up in the morning and he finds the entire camp surrounded. Surrounded. The entire hill surrounded. In fear, he rushes. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, we are in trouble. We are in trouble since the army of the king of the Assyrians has come against him. The mental dispositioning of Elijah was different from that of the Amabela. They both saw the same thing, but both reacted differently. It was because Elijah had understood the nature of the event. So he says to the young man, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with indicating 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 that the presence of that military force was a reflected or a mirror of the force that had come against Elijah so from the spirit Satan wanted to finish Elijah not because of who he was but because of what he had the word of the because you must understand how wars are fought. Wars are spiritual in nature. Every time you see a war between them, they are spiritual in nature. Most of the time, it is because of the conflict that is taking place between the angels of God and diabolical satanic forces. So the man of God says, no, don't fear. They that be with us are more than they that be, they that be with them. So the physical army was accompanied by a spiritual army. And Elisha knew why they were here. They wanted to silence the word of the Lord. 
Because if the word of the Lord is silenced, the strategies of the enemy can prevail against Israel. If the word of the Lord is silenced, the plans of Israel can, I mean the plans of the Assyrians against Israel cannot be thought So we must silence this man. But this man had insight, had revelatory insight into the happenings of the other dimension, the dimension that was really happening. So he said, no. Then he said to the young boy, let me show you something. He said, God, open his eyes. He said, open his eyes. When the Lord opened, the Bible said, the Lord heeded the request of his servant. And he opened, when he opened his eyes, he said, my father, my father, the chariots of heaven. He did not see what was going on. That's why he was reacting the way he was reacting. So my father, my father. My father, my father. The Bible says he saw the chariot of God, not surrounding him, surrounding Elijah. And everything changed. And the Lord said, Father, strike them with blindness. The Bible says they walked in the day as though it was dark. How did Elisha know how to respond then? Because he could see into the other dimension. And he knew if he could blind these ones, those, because it, it was something spiritual he was doing. It is important because it will help us to behave accordingly when it comes to our future and warfare. Life is a fight. Life is a fight. Life is a fight. And that is one of the reasons why you must pray. If you want to see in life, really see in life, you must pray. You must pray. You must pray. Are you listening to me? You must. The Bible says, man ought always to pray and lose not heart or faith not. You must pray. You must pray. If if you want to have uh, uh, You must pray. Okay? You must pray. Prayer is a, is, a, is, a, is a regulatory in the stream of life. You must pray. Amen? You must pray. That's how you get to live in that dimension. Because you don't live life from earth. For instance, your actions on earth are determined by what? What determines your actions? Your, 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 your thoughts. Every action you never make is determined by your thoughts. Your thoughts are not on earth. I get your thoughts are in another dimension. So you don't live life here. Here you carry out life. This is where you carry out life. This is where the, your, your, the activities of the other dimensions are reflected.
follow. So you must pray. So you must pray. You must pray. Amen. Listen, whether things are going good or going ill or bad, pray. He says, if anyone is afflicted, let him let him pray. You must pray. In season and out of season. Because there are seasons where it looks like praying is doing nothing for you. You know those words? I'm praying, but Yeah, I'm praying, but nothing is happening. You sowed your seed yesterday. You wake up in the morning, but where's the fruit? Life is in phases. Amen. And that's one of the reasons why I was so pressed in my spirit to, to teach you in the lines of the series that we are busy with. On the Holy Spirit. My generation don't know the Spirit. And this is something that was, it's a strategy. There was certain motion years ago. A blessed God for His knowledge. Last week, we, I took you somewhere, right? This week, I want to go where I, we ended, but I want to go another, all right? Um, Matthew 4. Okay, Matthew 4, and then at the same time, um, uh, but again, uh, First John. So this side, go to First John. This side, stay in Matthew 4. Alright? First John chapter number, number 5. 1 John chapter 5. Did you, did, did you read the little article I sent you? Okay, if you read it, you will you will get a little of what I'm uh, trying to communicate. If you haven't read it, you'll just listen and you'll read after and then you'll understand after. Amen? So, uh, Matthew 5, 6. I mean, uh, Matthew 4, stay on 4. Uh, this side, 1 John chapter. So let's start with 1 John chapter 5, this side, right? 1 John chapter 5, from verse 6. Read it, please. Okay, let's read from verse uh, 5. From verse 5. Yeah? You guys, this side. Yeah? Mm. Who, who, who? Jesus, right? This is he who came by water and blood. Yeah? Yeah? But 
and and it is okay then read verse 7 for they are there are three that bear witness where there are three that bear witness where in heaven namely yeah and why not Jesus Why not the Father or the Son? And the, why the Father, the Word, and the Spirit? It says, these three, they bear witness where? The Father. They bear witness to what? That Jesus came by blood and water. Right? It says, the Father bears witness. The Word bears witness. And the Spirit bears witness. Okay? And then listen to what he says after that read it oh wait and these they are what they are what they are so to 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 call the spirit is to call the father and the word to call the word is to call the father and the spirit to call the father is to call the spirit and the word says these three are so hold that in mind right let's fly back and land in Matthew chapter 4 okay verse number 3 yep Wait, so he is the son, but the son seems to be confined within the limits or the parameters of the world. The son does not exercise his power over Satan when he is tempted. Why? Because the temptation is about the valid uh, uh, validity of his sonship. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus replies, it is written, is not I in the son. It's not I am the son, is I am, it is written. Yet this one has the spirit. You must understand, Jesus is tempted with the Holy Spirit. Do you understand? The temptation is happening and the Holy, he has already received the spirit. He's already been filled with the spirit. And the Bible says, he whom God has sent. Speaketh the word of God and God giveth him the spirit without measure. So he doesn't have the, he had the fullness of the spirit. So at this time, at this time, Jesus possesses the fullness of God. And the temptation is going on. So the tempter is saying to him, hey you, turn these stones into bread. And this guy said, no, it is written. 
Now, to the natural thinking man, the turning of stones into bread would be what? Proof that Jesus is the Son of God because of the supernatural feat that it would what? It would demonstrate. But Jesus overcomes that temptation by revealing a higher order of function and how he himself has been functioning from birth. So he says to the tempter, you see, the temptations of Jesus not only let us uh, uh, into what Jesus faced or what Jesus went through at that time, it also shows us the functionary of his life, his walk. Because to overcome a temptation is to prove your integrity. And integrity is defined by character. So Jesus is showing his character in his overcoming of the first temptation. So he says, no, it is written. It is written. Oh, Jesus. He is saying to Satan, I don't have to change the stones into bread to prove that I am a son or the son of God. Because I don't function as a son of God under my own authority. It is what he says that will determine what I do. Listen to his reply because I'm paraphrasing his reply. <laughs> Let's read. Christians. Christians. Men. Men. What? Men. Men shall not live by but by so it is in the programming of the human species that ye should not live or be sustained because the word live there is all. It is where it is the life that sustains all biological species so he says men shall not live it's a command notice he says shall not it's a command it's not a suggestion do you understand it's not a suggestion it's the command of life it says men shall not live who has amplified or should i go to my amplified who has it i have it no, you see, I want you to read it so that you don't think, you know, I'm making it up. So even the person who's listening here th doesn't think it's from my Bible. Because you know some Christians think when they hear pastors preach, they have a different Bible than them. So you who are listening, just know. Yes, please. It has been written. Men, men, men shall not live and be upheld. Up, upheld. Does that sound familiar? Huh? Does that sound familiar? It sounds like what? Hebrew chapter 1. He upholds, he upholds, sus, sustains all things by the word of his power. Yeah? Upheld and sustained by?
So he says, man is not to be sustained or upheld by bread alone, but by everyone. This is the order of life. That's one of the reasons why fasting is important. Because when you fast, you place a priority on other things other than food. That's not what I want to say. But I said it. So he says, man shall not live by bread alone. But Jesus doesn't say man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus says it is written. Just how it mentioned, he says it is. Okay. So Jesus, therefore, is doing what? He's quoting, he's extrapolating his, his reply to Satan from where it is written. So we must go to the original place of where that was written to really find out the context in which it was communicated. Because if we understand the context in which this thing was communicated, then we will be able to really fathom why that defeated Satan. Because Satan didn't continue in that line after Jesus replied. So in that regard, Satan was conquered, switched off, yeah. So let's go to Deuteronomy, chapter 8. It says, man shall not live by bread. I think, you know, brothers and sisters. Do you understand what he's saying? Do you understand what he's saying? He said, man shall not live by bread alone. And he did not say by every word that is written. He says, but by what? Every word that proceeds, that comes out. From what? So every word that comes out of the mouth of God sustains a life, upholds a life, prospers a life. But it can also destroy a life. So Deuteronomy 8, verse, I guess, give us Mark 3. Verse 3. Are we there? Now Moses is talking. Okay, let's get the context. Right? So, read verse 1, 2, and 3. Or all the what? So, so this, this, this whole discourse is about what? Every Sabbath. Huh? A few, 80%, 92%, every read. And remember what I said to you, Ankir, don't forget, these three are one. Ankir? So we could say, we could say, because in that, in that, in that, uh, what you call, in that scripture, the word and the father are mentioned, not the spirit. So we could substitute that by, by saying but by the spirit so men shall not live by bread alone but by the spirit so man according to god is to be sustained by the spirit is to be sustained by the spirit and you must find scriptures that do what that support that evidence and are they there yep many of them 
many of so to live by the spirit is to live by the word from god's mouth to live by the word that comes from god's mouth is to live by the spirit do you understand don't worry you will if you don't already so every commandment which i command you today you must be says you must be you must be what careful to observe now here here he puts the word observe right of says you must be careful to observe you must be careful to observe it and god taught us later in joshua that the observation of commandments is impossible without what without a considerable amount of time spent or invested in meditation of that commandment so god requires a man this is how you live by god's word god requires that the commandment of the word that he gives or the promise that he gives here's the thing god's promises are god's commitment to his word so when god promises you something or god speaks something into your life he is already committed to it that's why he gives it to you because when he gives it to you it is a revelation of his commitment to that particular word that he gave you but he's required there are requirements that you must meet to to reach or to attain to the place where you are sustained by that word and the first place he says be careful to observe so the very first process of really integrating or aligning your life with what god says sustaining your life with what god says is that there must be an intensity a serious approach to what god has spoken this is one of the reasons why the holy spirit will never have a relationship with many many christians because of the way they value the word of god Because to live by the Spirit is to live by every word that comes from His mouth. Christianity is not a life of lasciviousness. He says, every commandment you must be careful to observe. Let's let's follow. Remember, we want to find the context, right, that preceded this utterance. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He says, that you may live and multiply. Do you see that? That you may live and multiply. That you may live and multiply. So if there is no growth, no development in life, and remember, life is a constitution of spirit of the activities of the spirit soul and the body so to live is to actually be 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 wholly informed ordered balanced in these three arenas of life so to really live your soul your spirit your body 
must be alive. Have a university more. Have a little degree eight. He says the voice of God is able to impart intelligence to a man. He says that you may live and multiply and go in and possess your. So you can't talk about inheritance. Because the possession of the land that they were to, uh, to have was the inheritance. You can't talk about inheritance without what? Without the inclusion of every command, of every word you have followed. So your life, the blessings of God, your inheritance, didn't Paul say it? He says, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you and give you the word. Build you and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Immediately, you are introduced to another life. This is not the life of man without governing. And this is what God was trying to do with the people of Israel in the wilderness. Was to introduce them to another kind of life. A higher order of life. And you see, the servants, the patriarchs of God are patterns. Through their life we can observe the patterns of ascension. The patterns of attaining stature in God and in life. So he says, every commandment. Every let's read, let's read, let's read. And you shall remember that the led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to do what? To humble you. So why was Jesus in, in the wilderness? For 40 days, why was he there? And to be what? Did it happen? So that tells you, it is the pattern of God for life. If you are ever led into the wilderness of life, it is for what? It is for humility and for what? For testing. The wilderness is a dimension where everything stops. Where the spiritual realm, the spiritual forces, the spiritual resources of God in your life are put on a pause. The Bible tells us that the angels came to Jesus only after he went through the temptations. The word came there means to come from another place. That tells you that the angels were watching from a certain place before they could go to Jesus. That's, that's what we're talking about when we talk about wilderness. Is that God at that point in time requires a man to only leave and function in that season by what he heard from God. The supernatural influence of God in that place, that's why we say it is arid, it is dry, it is empty. So he says it is God who led you through the wilderness all these 40 years to humble you and to... Uh, uh. <laughs> And, and to know what was in your weather. 
So, so he, he, the wilderness is the most important place. The most important place in the life of a Christian. And what a Christian does in his wilderness will actually determine whether or not they will inherit their inheritance or not. Because the wilderness stands, it is the place between slavery and inheritance. So the promises of God must be entered through the wilderness. And he said 40 years for them. It is the most important place because that's where it will be determined whether or not you will live life sustained by God or not. Sustained by the Spirit or not. Sustained by the Word of God or not. That's why it matters where you get your food in the wilderness. It matters how you get your food in the wilderness. It matters how you quench your thirst in the wilderness. It matters whose voice you listen to in the wilderness. Wilderness is not a time of prayers and fat no wilderness is a time of testing and sometimes it carries on for years in a life because that's where it is decided whether or not you will live with god or not so he says god plunges them in the wilderness You don't define the state or the arena or the wilderness phase of life by the emptiness in your life because you may be in the wilderness while you are still blessed. You define the wilderness by the testings that are going on around you. That's a wilderness. Again, and then he says that he might so he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna which you did not know nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that he might make you know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone but man lives by every man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How do you conduct your life? How do you live your life? 
teaches men to live by every word That means you are unwilling to deviate from the path set by that voice. It is the same God who tells one to wait and the other to run. That he told him to run does not mean you must also run. Man is not to live by copying other men. Man is not to live by being like other men. Man is to live by every word. God made it so that every single one should have to go to God to live. If you want to live in this life successfully, if you want the line, the path of your life to be straight, he says, by every word of God. Because to live by every word of God is to live by the design of God for your life. I say, how, how is that possible? Is it possible? Is, you see, the problem is when you are in the wilderness and you are hungry and you are thirsty, you are busy looking around for bread, busy looking around for water. When your focus should be on what God is saying. All those things are elements of distraction. Jesus was not distracted by his hunger. He was hungry, the Bible tells us. But his hunger did not distract him. Because the hunger was not what governed his life. It is not the hunger. It was what? It was the voice of the Father. You are my son in whom I am well pleased. God knows he must speak. But our response is what will determine how we live. You see, the spirit of God is attracted by your obedience or by your followership, your discipleship in the word of God. Listen, the Spirit of God is not attracted into your life because you pray much. Okay, let me read you. John 14. John 14. <laughs> John 14. What are you willing to do in this life? To lay a hold of the world. Because that will define what you will do with the Spirit of God. And I will go back to Genesis because I want to show you something. And get this thing is not a religion. This thing is not an organization. I told you, there are many kinds of life. There are many kinds of life. And there's many ways to do it. But the Bible says all those ways lead to death. Only one way leads to life. Only one. Only 
not two, not three, not five, only one. And with this one, there are no shortcuts. It is narrow, it is straight, and it is hard. It is hard. Paul says, we know that we must enter into the kingdom of God through much affliction and persecution. Imagine. So the greatest advantage you can ever have in your life is the Spirit of God. Is the, is the Spirit of God. That is the greatest advantage you can ever have in your life because it is the Spirit of God that molds a life, that shapes a life, that takes a life out of, out of a chaotic mess, a chaotic state, and beautifies and forms it. With the Spirit, every formlessness will find form. Every darkness will find light. I remember when I first came into the Lord in 2007, I remember my heart changed. You know when he says, yeah, I, I will give you a new heart. My heart changed. And my whole life became about the Lord. At that time, I never heard God's voice. The, the time I got saved, that was the first time I heard something of the similitude of his voice. Whether it was his voice or not, I don't know. But it was the first time I heard something of that kind. And my entire life was revolutionized. Before I accepted Jesus, I went to church maybe eight times. And I would sit and listen, sit and listen. And all these times I heard nothing. I couldn't understand what was being said. I didn't hear what was being said. And every single Sunday for those seven weeks, I, I started going to church in 2007 on my birthday. 2007, on the 21st of September, I started going to church. I only received the Lord on the 29th of October of that same year, in 2007. I'd go to church, I didn't hear nothing. Go to church, I didn't hear nothing. But I kept going there. At first, I didn't want to, you know, but then after two weeks, I started becoming more, you know, inclined. But when I get there, I wouldn't understand a thing. I wouldn't understand a thing. Seven weeks later, all these Sundays, the pastors were giving out the altar call. I didn't understand what that is. I, I understand what that is. Like, what's happening here? Because you know nothing. But one Sunday, on the 29th of October, the Spirit arrested me. I'll never forget that day. I was sitting halfway in the church. Around 25 past 1. The pastor did the same thing he always did. Close your eyes. Music playing. You know your life. Is dead. If you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, lift up your hand. And you know, Gagarin, on those moments, it's quiet. See? I'll never forget that day. I didn't tell. It was like every other Sunday. You know those ones. I don't need Jesus. I thought I was born again. Somebody asked me, Are you born again? I said, Yeah, I'm born again twice. I didn't even know what I was saying. 
head down. Is there anybody? Nobody. Is there anybody? Nobody. Is there anybody? Nobody. And out of nowhere, I felt little droplets. My first time in my life experiencing the presence of God. Little droplet, red of rain. When it touched me, it went through my entire body. The warmth went through my entire body. Whether it was a voice or what, I don't know. The voice asked me, will you follow me? Oh, something I did without me having to do anything. My hand went up and I heard the pastor say, I see a hand there, God bless you. <laughs> that moment lasted like this. So when I realized what I had done, it was too late. It was too late now because now everybody they lifted up their hands, please come. That day, here's what, here's what was strange about that day because that day, the pastor waited for, I think maybe 15 minutes to 20 minutes. Nobody's hands was up. Nothing was going on. 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And I lifted up my hands. I looked around. There was no one. And I looked around. There was no one. Put my hand quickly down. And pastor said, everybody will lift it up their hands. Come forward. I was in the middle. My heart now started pounding. That, you know, that presence, I didn't feel it anymore. Now it's just time for action. The hand that took my hand up now, it left me. I'm all alone. So I decided, let me go. When I took a step, the presence came back. And tears flowed through my eyes. And I went and everybody was clapping and looking around. There's somebody coming. You know, yeah, can't be alone in this thing. What's happening now? So there's some, there was some, this other pastor. I remember that day like it was yesterday. So there was this other pastor who was wearing glasses, wearing a blue suit. So you, everything is slow motion. He's standing right at the end of the aisle in front. I'm walking. As I walked through, maybe I was three or four aisles away, two ladies came out. And we were three that day. Went forward. Then they said, let's do the prayer. Jesus, come into my heart. Crying that time. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Come to my heart. And I, 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 was never, I was never anybody inclined to church. Never. Didn't like it. Hated it. Didn't, didn't like church. It's not like I didn't, I didn't like church. I never went to church unless I was forced. Under heavy forcing, but I never liked church. <laughs> Gave my heart to Jesus. And here's the strange thing. After that day, something in my heart, my whole you know, you know, it's like, you know, like when you, when you wear your glasses, ne? I get you see somehow in a polarized way, right? Then you take them out and all of a sudden, it's almost like there's a different hue to how you see. My whole life, I started seeing things different, you know, like walking on cloud now. But my heart had changed. My heart had changed. All I wanted was to serve Jesus. All I, now, it's October, right? 
October, even October. So you know December people leave. So ever, ever since then they are never with church. They can't sit in the third row, in the second row, and sit in church. First row was for worship team people, you know. But I'd sit first row. Every day I come early, sit. Sit, listen, 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 go back home, listen, listen. The first Sunday I got born again, the Friday I was I was in the prayer. So in the prayer, I'm hearing people rattle party, I'm hearing the pastor rock the party, and was empty about five or six people. A pastor and his, you know, assistants. And I'm there, and I'm saying, oh Lord, thank you. You know, when you don't know how to pray, you repeat prayers. And then, oh my God, oh So, I said, no, as a strategy, what I need to do is that I need to, you know, because I was the only one that didn't speak in this language. So I'm listening. As the pastor prayed, I thought to myself, no, I'll start listening. Listen. Okay. I'll, I'll catch the one that is prominent. So I only say it when somebody is passing near me. So I pray, oh Lord. Oh, Rondelege, Rondelege. Rondelege, Rondelege. But I would go. Every Friday I was there. Every Friday I was there. Then we heard that there's a cell. So after that, one Sunday, you know, they, you hear people after church, they say, no, separate, go to your cell, what, 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 what. And Sister Jessica Wonur Gennakai. So she was the cell leader and a worship team member there, right? So I'm, I'm, I'm telling you something about what I was discussing with you. So now people are getting, how are you, my brother? No, every Wednesday, I would like for you to come. And stuff. So Jessica was like on fire. She was raw. So oh, no, fine. Tabona Wednesday. Okay, go. We go Wednesday. When we get there Wednesday, oh, the guy retaining, and we in our house now. Her sister is there. Some folks are there. No retaining. Uh, bless the Lord. Honale, obulela kamalimi. I don't know if you understand. So obulela kamalimi, ko vale moyo halelela. What, 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 what? So, and I wanted it because I'm a Friday prayer guy. So, and there I'm left behind. You see, I'm, now at that time, I, I had no voice of God in my life. Nothing in my life I heard. Not, I, it was just zeal for the Lord. No, something was just moving me. Something was just, oh, come, come, time came for us to be prayed for. As my aunt, me, it was some other uh, folks there. So Jessica was there. So, the Torapella, this prayer, and who's simple? You want to shake the Amhelamo Halalala? Jesus, okay, come to Amhelamo Halalala. So, return this prayer, and then return the Rapella, Harlan Rapella, the Rapella in the room. Sound like this woman, the Rapella in the room, not beyond. The Rapella in the room, not beyond. Because I God damn. I started praying. So her sister was praying for me. Oh, Rhonda, pray, pray. So nothing happened that day, right? But Sajesia come for to know Umamu Unalia and Amo Halila. How you go high? Ubule, Ubule, Manzotot, Athos, Athos. Oh, fine. I left it. It was too hard for me. 
went back to Friday prayer church, stole some two, three words. Rakito, Rakuta. Hey, and then this one time, in that same year, maybe it was November, around November, or something that time. In that same time, hey, my heart, I wanted this thing because I was tired now. I now I was tired. So one day after school, I come back. So I usually used to sleep when I came back from school, right? Woke, wake up around four o'clock, do my uh, chores, my homework, and all that, all those stuff. So that day, I said at six o'clock, I'm going to my room. At six, I'm going to my room. I went into the room. I said, God, I hear people speaking in all these languages I don't understand, and they say it's important. I also want it. Please. So I thought maybe, you know, something, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, I'm on my knees, one hour, nothing. So my heart was heavy, I said, but what did I do? I started, I started tearing up. Around one hour, 30 minutes to one hour, two hours. And here's the thing. Every single time in my own prayer time or in my time of the Lord, if I would pass one hour, 30 minutes, I would move into the Spirit. It happens even today. Now more so in the prophet's ministry. If I, if I pray beyond one hour, 45 minutes, I'll be in the Spirit. I would, I would be somewhere, I'll see something, I'll hear something. Always. So I know if I'm going to pray for you, at least... I must pray for a person one hour, 30 minutes for information to come. So after one hour, 30 minutes, one hour, 40 minutes, the presence I felt the day, the day I got saved, came back again in my started like the rain. And that voice said, speak. When he said speak, I felt some things. And I don't know your tongues, how do your tongues work. <laughs> but ever since that day, I have never, my vocabulary in the spirit has kept increasing and increasing and increasing. And I spoke in tongues, I think for, you have spoken hours, I think I spoke, what, I think two, two hours more from that, I spoke in tongues. Now I was ready for Friday. I was ready for Friday. Now, here's the strange thing now. Here's the weird thing now. So, now, December hits, right? So, the pastor sees this. This boy, he comes every Sunday, every Tuesday. He's sitting down. You know, he's sitting there, row two. Always at the corner, by the window, row two. I'm there. One Sunday, that, that's December now, right? One Sunday, you know, so the guys are either... Controller sound, do what was just stay. Devastating. So the pastor, no, uh, come. Because I come early. I, I used to come very early. So pastor, when the worship team was busy praying, they, I'll, I'll also be there. So the pastor says, no, come sit here. So now you're sitting here. You don't know anybody. You're seeing everything now. And then you must fix the sound. We see the sound. 
I'll show you how God leads a life. Quitting us out. I don't know nothing that sound. Look how record and the bar record. And that time the barber said he cassette. Sing the CD, the cassette, the bar cassette. So Pastor, no, you do this, you press this, you press. My goodness. So then all December I'm there. So the pastor started to have a liking towards me. I was consistent. Statistic was always on your case. How one miracle? Uh body the person. So come February 28, right? February 28, we get baptized, right? We get baptized. Mom tells you, you know, Ninjo, some special place, what, what. So after getting baptized, we go to Mom Tenji's place, right? Everybody, we did Mom Tenji's place in San Pedro, we chilling. So it's time for, and the pastor is leaving right somewhere there. So the pastor comes. So I don't know what Sister Jessica or whoever said anything, you know, to the pastor. The pastor is coming, is greeting. The pastor says to me, come, let's go to church. How? I'm not used to the pastor. The pastor says, come, let's go to church. How we get to church, when we get to church, how people see all these, you know, the worship team folks, you know, they, they were like the superstars of the church. Eh? You see that then we get in there, one of us, Sister Jessica, we pray, you know, they used to have a chain prayer every day, they pray. Then the pastor leaves. How the, I'm sitting there on the, on the chairs now. They're starting to practice. Jessica, are knitting more. I have no experience of singing. I don't know what the heck am I going to knitting more. So I stand, I don't know, Emma. Seba Sopela. Remember the song. I worship you. Lee, you give me joy. So, this guy, I, and we thought I worship you, it's high. I worship you. Sing like they sing. <laughs> I, that's like, I worship you, but no, sing like they sing. My God, sing like they sing. I don't know what singing like they singing is here. Sing like they sing. Okay, fine. Oh, first week, second week, Sergey, I know you're on probation. Just keep coming every Saturday. That's how I was invited into the worship team. I was not told I was part of it, or I did not even ask. So now here am I now. Guess how I'm doing? Here worship team. Right? So this Saturday, what practice you give it early? There's nobody. So I decided, okay, from this every Saturday I'll come at least around 11 take all the chairs so we used to take the chairs from all the other classes and bring it in I do I start doing that before everything before coming so I'd come take all the chairs while the woman would clean it take the chairs pack them do all those things do all those things that's how I started serving in, 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 in church right oh fine my god fine now it's six months late I get no Rafa's forward I six months late so no, three weeks later, no. So we record And So now I'm doing the sound in church. I'm singing in the worship team. I'm packing the chairs on Sunday. 
on Saturday. It's happening. It's six months later. Six months later, we know. But he go selling, but he go high. So Jessica, I am okay, my brothers and sisters. Can I announce Now I'll be stepping down from being cell leader. My brother will be cell leader. No, I'm brief about Arno, you'll be cell leader. From no, yes, Jessica, if I'm lying. No, uh, next week you you will start leading. You just do what we do, what you've been seeing to Rafi Kararapela wa preacher. Oh, that week. So it's Wednesday. That week, my God, that week. Jesus, what, 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 what. So in that book, they were, they were, you know, the guy was talking about Matthew, uh, John 17. Guy was talking about John 17. So next week I'm there. So, so I'm hoping, my God, please. I prayed. Huh? When I came back from school, I prayed. I prayed. Now, in all this time, there's no voice of God. A person only has passion for God, love for God. How can next from Udim? I don't even know. And I don't know. I can't sing. I can't do I can't do all those things. Now I'm supposed to be a cell leader. Come Wednesday, sir, 7 o'clock, everybody's sitting. And you know when you are scared, it feels like everybody wall ball. Shaking. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Signal Bible and light brown, the Kamarilla and light brown. Tell what was okay, Hakapi. I don't know, Matthew chapter 17. I mean, John 17. Uh, and Jesus, when Jesus spoke these words, he lifted up his hands. Pray. What well, now, you see, brothers and sisters, Jesus? You must pray and you must. I don't I can't even remember what I said. Then I said, let's pray. But something began to happen. Something began to happen. The third time I was leading cell, a spirit came. I remember that day we were in my place. Remember? And I prophesied for the first time in my life. That says the Lord, uh, call unto me and I will answer and show you great and mighty things. Hey! Like that. My whole life changed. All those events were leading up to the time when I encountered God myself. I remember, never forget that day. When I heard that voice, I knew that was the voice I wanted to follow. And it's the voice I have followed all my life. The voice led me in every point in my life. I remember a few years later, you know, we were. We started, we started having, I was in church. I was in church Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Go ahead and the bank here. Sometimes I don't have a phone. I'm not in the club, I'm not in the pub. I'm in church. That was my schedule and I was broke. I was broke when we started Mimshak. Remember when we started Mimshak? 
she would walk from where she lives. You know where Pumzi lives, right? She would walk on, on, so Tuesday we had Tuesday service. Wednesday in the morning, that was my, my schedule of Wednesday in the morning, is that at 8, they would, she would walk, he and her friend would walk from her home, right? Cosa Moradella View, to SNS, get to SNS, we would pray. We would pray for 30 minutes, pray for an hour, take a walk to the Cody 16. From SNS to the Cody 16, when we get there, we go to the schools. We go to one school, we preach. When we move from that school, we go to the other school, we preach. And we not just preach, we are doing things. You know what's doing things? You know about Jesus and, and Jesus were the 12 apostles? When we move, <laughs> you don't know. When we move from one school to the other, it was like Donald, there was a wind. There was a wind. You, you know wind. When we get to the school, so break times are normally 15 minutes, 20 minutes. So we know we have 15 to 20 minutes. We don't waste time. We preach five minutes. We do power 10 minutes. By the time we leave, the children are piled up on the floor. We are moving to the next school. So we move the break. So GDLCM, you know those, those, we move. When we get to the second school, all we do, oh, praise the Lord. We give words of knowledge. They all come. By the time it's, we are leaving, the people are, are looking out what's going on. A pile of children on the floor, we out. So at 11, we go back to a friend's place. We get there, we pray. Ask them. We get there, we pray, we wait for 3 o'clock, Holy Ghost Day. Holy Ghost Day, 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock, we are there. So the children, when they come out of all these schools, they come, they come to the place. So the place got too small, so they gave us a classroom. Classroom would be like this, even more than this at times. Holy Ghost Day, I'll be preaching from Batoka 3, from 3, half past 2 to 3, right up until 5. We are preaching, we're not just preaching, heavy things. Sometimes I myself couldn't even walk there. They'll have to carry me out. <laughs> many times. Man, no, here, here. Here she is. Many times they'll have to carry me out. Sometimes we stay there till 7 o'clock. When we're done, we have to now take a walk. There's no money. So I realize sometimes after some time, because now it's Wednesday, it's cell day. Right? And at that time, I was in charge of 21 cells. 21 cells, four, five zonal pastors. So, so every, every, I had a cell of my own, four cells of my own that I was overlooking, and then there were other 21 cells. There was this time, the hardest cell started. I went to a conference. You must, you must see how on fire I was. I went to a conference. <laughs> when I came back from that conference, I said to the pastor, I need to see all the cell leaders. Uh, we need to change this thing. There are only four cells. Yako East, Yako West, Yako South, Yako North. There are only four cells. In one week, we, we started 21 cells. Started 21 cells, gave people oversight, and now oversight over the zonal pastors. So now, in this heaven, the Fenizo Holy Ghost, we are walking from Mamelodi to maybe San Like this, am I again? From that garage, right through. 
Sad, we are walking. And what we will not walk in talking. We are walking praying. We get to sell one from Kamafafa by that time. How so be high? How so she? Into Chile, he got three December. How not Chile? We get to the cell, we preach. Nine o'clock, you walk back home. That's Wednesday. Thursday, I have to go to all the cells now. Not all, every other week I need to change. Sometimes I go to this one, this one, this one, this one. Friday is prayer in church. Now we had our church, prayer in church, and then we have we had Mimshak all night prayer. In church we prayed one hour, in Mimshak we prayed the whole night. So on Friday is church. So church from seven to eight, nine o'clock. The women are one side, the men are one side. Salabarku. Sakubun. But no, and that's Rase. Because those Nasili that time, this Kalebafito Waka. So those So we were praying this side. They were, they were on the other side of the house. They would hear us. We will pray from morning till night. And then when you wake up, it's Saturday. Saturday, ka two. By that time, Ronarachi Nagano. Ka one, ka eleven. You're in church. You're packing the chairs. At, at two, I had left worship team. I graduated by that time because it was too much. At two, now I'm moving. The cell leaders, ushers are there. We have a meeting till four. From four to six, we are praying. Pray. Sometimes we pray right into nine o'clock, ten o'clock. You don't have money. Sometimes you have, sometimes you don't. So by that time, I get the retreat. You take a walk, walk home. When you, by the time you get home, it's 12. Sunday, you are at church, 8 o'clock. You are at church, 8 o'clock. You are the last one to leave at 6. Because after Sunday, you still have to talk to the people. Tell them, you didn't do this thing right. There's a review. You didn't do this thing right. This thing had to be done. This thing had to be done. You didn't do it. Meeting after, after power. You don't know power you. But all those things started because at that time in my life I could hear God. You're broke, but you hear God. And all that matters is what God said. What God said. What God said. You fast forward many years later when the Lord led me to start Holy Spirit's tabernacle. Walk for two years I walked. Two years I walked to church from my house to at that time in Jerusalem. We interchanged in that two years. We went from that garage to this garage. Two years I would walk to church. I would walk from home to church. And that time around 12. So at 10 I'd start my journey. Get here half past 11. I'm tired. I nap for 15 minutes. 12 we are there. 12, we are there, we are preaching up a storm. Those who started notes. 12, 5, 6, we are done. A person is tired, is walking back home. You're not thinking, I'm hungry, I don't have money, what, what. All you're thinking, I'm doing what God says. I'm doing. Then one day I heard God speak to me. God said, I take care of my servants. Follow me. 
follow me. So normally what I'd do when I'd walk up to church, sometimes the sun is hot, sometimes it's raining, but the person is walking. God said, follow me. Let me maybe get a bit of mutisaka. Then I'll follow you, Mara. I didn't see. You know, yeah, I'll follow Mara. I didn't. Every time I'd walk up, I'd think about what he said. Follow me. Follow me. I take care of my servants. Follow me. I take care of my servants. Follow me. I take care of my servants. That he, that during those two years, I lost serious weight. Imagine you walk up and down, 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 up and down. But by that time, you could hear God. Just as we are starting the ministry, I'm praying. See, it was always my heart's desire to get a PhD by the time I'm 26. You know, be a lecturer, do, you know, you know, just teach, just, just be somebody important in life. I hear the Spirit of God say to me, it's not time for degrees. Serve me full time in the ministry. Hey. Serve me full time in the ministry. Now that's where I started to learn about negotiating with God. I said, but I, you know, I know I have no, by that time it's been, Maybe years, I think maybe four or five years, never depending on my parents. And I don't work. Yes, I don't ask a single cent. Even today. God said, send me. Call my school that day. Call my school. Told them uh, I'm suspending my, my degree. It was, I was doing, it was my second year, in, into my second year. So I'm suspending, following the Lord. Told my, I didn't ask, told my mother, I am done with school. Uh, the Lord called me here. Then at the end of 2016, 2017, I heard God say to me, I will take care of all your needs. By the end of 2017, God said to me, I have supplied all your needs. Now I'll give you what you want. always think if I had not followed that voice would I have heard God would I have heard him say the things that he said to me would I have heard him lead me in the way that he has led me if I have not heard and not followed through what he said over the years I have learned how to follow that voice but there was a starting point it was the providence of God you know the providence the unseen hand of God God at first starts just aligning things, putting you in the right place. And then now God starts speaking a little bit. You, you hear, you follow, you miss it. And then now God starts speaking and you must obey. He doesn't, he doesn't require you to obey at first. But after some time, it's no longer about options, assumptions. Uh, no, no, now it's a command. But you graduate. You graduate and the first place where the process takes place is when you develop a hunger and a desire not only to know God, not only to understand Him, but to follow Him, to have Him as your guide in life. To have Him as your guide in life. There was a time I missed it. I spent the next one Year, six months, I heard nothing from God. I felt nothing from God. All I was doing from day till 
from day till the next morning, I was reading my Bible. Reading my that that's the year I got to know my Bible more than any other thing. And that's what has set the foundation in my spiritual work with God. One year, six months. One year, six months. The, the next time I would feel something, hear something from God was during a conference. We were having Easter conference. Never forget that day. I saw a blue light. So where we were at, this side was, it was in a school hall. So the classroom, I mean, that, that hall, this side was full of windows, right? So at that day, I was preaching morning service, evening service. The pastor had given me that day. Preaching of who the Christian really is. So it was part two. But I never got to finish part two because during part two, I just stood. I just stopped and I looked. That's when my eyes opened. I looked and I saw a blue wave entering in. And the Lord said to me, raise your hand. I raised my hand. When I raised my hand, the whole place, everybody who was there that day, remember, the whole place was filled with the power of God. Without even touching a single soul. People didn't know where it's forward, where people, people had to crawl to find the door. After one year of saturation in the world and prayer. And now I'm tired. There was a time. Here, you know what I'm talking Here I'm talking about the Bible. I'm talking about shadows. You know the shadow of Peter healing? That's what I'm talking about. Hey, Pastor, where is it gone? We've kept it in. We've kept it in. You know when you grow? When you grow, you... you, you you begin to understand the economy of power, when to use it, when not to use it. There was a time I was ministering, sitting with few folks. I would sit with three of you, share the word. Every single thing was the word. Every time people came to my house, is Bible. Everything, Bible, the word. So there was a time I would sit like this. You sit just as I'm talking, people would groan and fall to the ground. Without anybody touching them. So at that time, we had gotten used to this thing. So I said, no, let, let's do a shadow, shadow thing. <laughs> we shadowed them. I remember that day. I'll never forget that day. <laughs> it was Tuesday. We were sitting in a friend's house. So we, it was the four of us. So I was sharing the That's what I always did. I was sharing the word of God, sharing the word of God. Sharing. And I said, no, no, no. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Stand here. There were three. I said, stand here. Let me show you something. Do you see that? I pass. You know what happened that day? Yeah? You know what happened? One of the one of the girls, one of the girls, when the shadow passed over her, what she you, you know when you move like this, when you fall, but you don't really fall. She fell, then she fell down and then she levitated and vibrated for about 15 seconds off the ground. Off the ground like this. The other one he, she went and she a better TV better TV. The guy hit the door. So you think that was over, right? After that time, they couldn't move. So from Sunday, no, from B2, ne? from B2 to A3, KJV, right? They couldn't walk. You know what they did? They crawled to church. But by the time they got to the church gate, the folks had to come and carry them. 
carry them into the church and put them at the back. So the pastor is wondering what's happening. I also myself don't know. All I know is that there was power and things happened. It took them, it took them the service to end, right? The service to end and another hour after the service. So from 2 o'clock to 9 o'clock, they couldn't do nothing. That's, that's power. But what got me to that point is that I learned the key. I learned the secret. The spirit and the word. To infuse your life. It's a choice you make. You see, it's a choice you make. It's a choice. You decide, this is the way I will follow. You know, you know how many people thought how stupid I was? How crazy I was? No, but I heard something or from someone greater than all. That's what he means when he says, every commandment is for you to follow. I learned about the mysteries of the house of God there during those years. During those years, that's how God taught me. Yeah, was in church five days a week. No, six. Only Monday was my off. So by that time, because I was in church so much, at school now, what I did was that on Mondays and on Fridays, it was my holiday. It was my long weekend. I did it, yes. I did it from, I did it from grade 11, right up until grade 12. Mon Mondays and Fridays, get off, get long weekend, yeah. Yes. You know what had happened to me by that time? It was like I was crazy. I remember I was writing my final exams. Ne? I was writing my final metric exams, right? That day was a bit chilly, was cold. So I'm waking up, so, uh, you know, I was wearing my shorts, so I'm waking up. Uh, everybody's at work. I'm waking up, I open the door. Hey, got better get more more. Scrap all this. Went back to sleep. Woke up at two o'clock, didn't go write the test. Went back the next day, I said, no, I didn't feel well. <laughs> not to start, uh, no, I was just tired. That's not right. <laughs> I listen to me. I'm just telling you what I did. Not that it's right. You understand? It's wrong, you must go to school and write. But I just felt like it. You know, I felt like, I felt I was a king now. You know, I felt, I felt like, you know, I felt like, and, and you see, that's the, that's the, the danger of, of hearing, of being immature and having the ability to hear from God. Because once, if you are not matured and seasoned in the spirit on the things of God, you will now think you are, you are Jesus Jr. on top of the world. I was like, school You understand? Because now you feel like But I heard God. That has been my security in life. My key. From from right to here. I know the code. I know the reason. I so to, to live a life dictated 
anointed by the word of God is to live a life or your life by the Spirit. Because these three are one. These three are one. You understand it? You understand it? So you, you cannot you cannot live, you cannot say you are living by the Spirit, but there are there are no indications of your obediences to God. And like I said, we will read John 14 now. You cannot interact with the Spirit. You cannot have a relationship. You can have His inward presence, the presence of the Spirit of God as your, you know, as you are His temple, but not for interaction until you learn this way. The Spirit is given to the obedience. Let's read. My brothers and my sisters, there is a price to pay. You don't, you don't just hear from God and relax. You don't just say, I, you know what happened to Eli? Do you know what happened to Eli? Do you know Eli in the Bible? Do you know what happened to him? I'll read you. Let's read. Uh, Bible is Play for me. John, okay, John 14, yeah. John 14 something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry, we don't know everything. We are still growing in this thing. We'll know when we get to heaven. Amen. John 14, uh, 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 14, 14, Okay, let's cut it short. 14 from verse number 20, 25. Are you seeing it? Yeah. These things are spoken to you while being present with you. Correct? Then he says, But the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things which I said to you. Peace I leave with you and peace I give you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled and neither be afraid. See, he tells them about the spirit again. You see, he tells them, he says, when he comes, when this one comes, he'll tell you all things, reveal to you all things, lead you, put you in remembrance. Right? You would think, whoo! Get automatic. The spirit is coming. The spirit has come. Now, I'm, you know, you, you're jack of all trades. I know all things. I'm no, no. If that, if that was the case, if that was the case, Christians would be oh, the most, the most feared, the most revered group of people on earth today, because they have him. He is there. But you can see some other lives. Nothing goes on. Why? Have you, haven't you asked yourself? Why does the Bible say we have the Spirit, but our lives are not a true reflection of His ministry, of His purpose in my life? There are no indicators to those outside that I have something more than they do. Why? Why is that I, I even though, even though I'm more different than them, I am not as, I'm not set apart. Nothing can tell the people can't tell the difference. Except when I, you know, I blab about Jesus. 
Jesus said it when he comes. Has he come? Yes. Verse 15. So he says it in verse 25. Listen to what he says in verse 15. If, 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 keep what? And I, and he will give you the platform upon which the prayer for the giving of the Spirit is taking place is the platform of obedience he says keep my commandments and i will pray on what on account of what you have done i will pray i will pray he says if you keep if you love me if you love me if you love me you will obey me and if you obey me i will pray the father and he will give you another help so the prayer for the Holy Spirit comes as a result of our own obedience to his commandments. So he says, if you love me, keep my command and I will pray the Father and he will give you. So the Father gives the Spirit to the obedient ones. So you may say, but, but I have the Spirit even though in other areas of my life, I may not see him. Yes, you have the spirit in your life, as in, in your heart, in your spirit, and you are his house as a result of the obedience of Christ. But if the spirit is going to lead you into the journey of destiny, into the destination of God's purposes and will for your life, you have to fulfill your own obedience. Let the mind be in you which was also in Christ. If, if the mind was in Christ, it must be in you. If Christ obeyed, you must obey. That's why authority is not a gift. Authority is a reward. You earn authority in the spirit. You earn it. It's one of the reasons why you find people calling the name of Jesus against devils and the devil still weep them. They have the experience of the sons of Sceva because authority is not a gift. Authority, my brothers and my sisters, is a reward. And the workings of the spirit, the spirit as a person is a gift. But his functionaries, his operations, his resources are not a gift. The resources of the Spirit, the work of the Spirit, comes as a result of your cooperation with Him. Unless you partner with Him, the Bible calls our relationship to the Spirit. He says, may the love of God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion, the koinonia, the koinonia means the participation, the partnership. And in a partnership, there is cooperation. There are responsibilities that are distributed among the parties. So if a partnership is going to be effective, the, the partners must know their role in that relationship. So Jesus says, if you're going to know the Spirit, you must understand how to follow the voice. 
how to obey his commandments how to obey his instructions and there is a sad part that god teaches us about the rules of life the laws of life for obedience when you are a child he says obey your parents that's all a child must do the responsibility of a child in their childhood stage is to obey their parents when paul talks about spiritual warfare he almost alludes to the fact that it is obedience it is the laws of obedience that are observed that will help you in warfare so he says let the children obey let the slaves the workers the employees obey because we wrestle not against flesh and blood it was on account of that that paul introduced spiritual warfare because he's telling you that without you having gone through those stratas you would not know how to obey and thereby you would not have access to authority in dealing with the forces of darkness that are assailed against you in life The Bible says, love all men, honor all men, love the brotherhood, obey the king, obey the king. The reason why the Holy Spirit is not working in Christianity is because Christianity and Christians are a bunch of rebellious little children. If we can't obey God in our lives, we are not protected and therefore the spirit can relate with us Christianity is weak because it, it is full of rebellion I told you last week your loyalty your loyalty to God must be proved and God will ensure that he sets in place circumstances where you need to prove your loyalty to him. To some, he may be leaving school. To some, he may be quitting a job. To some, he may be sitting there and praying. Sitting there and praying. life if you do not obey his voice Jesus says something strange Jesus says something strange Jesus said something strange he said he that has an ear let him hear what the spirit of God 
boldness. You see, after the Spirit has come to earth, Jesus has no authority to do anything in the earth without the Spirit. So he tells everybody that he speaks to, listen to this, don't listen to me, listen to the Spirit. He is the most important personality in the Godhead. Every sin and blasphemy against the Son and the Father will be forgiven. But every sin and blasphemy against the Spirit will never be forgiven in this life or the next to come. There is one thing God will not forgive. There is one thing the blood of Jesus will not help you in. It's in matters regarding the Spirit. Because of his role, of his importance in the Godhead. And the Bible says he has given, he has given, he has given us of his spirit. Is it a joke? Is it, some, is it something to be taken lightly? Is it something to be lightly esteemed? If you lose him, you've lost in life. That all, listen, he is all you will ever need for life here on earth. He is all, all you will ever need for life here on earth. And he has hidden himself in various places. He's hidden himself in his servants, hidden himself in your parents, hidden himself in his, in, 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 in his house, hidden himself in various things and various places. For it is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the king's honor is in searching it out. Thou art God and thou lovest to hide yourself. Seek the Lord while he still may be found by you. There are different times allocated in which you must find God after which it is too late, my brother. It is too late, my sister. You will try at that time to find him and you will, you will not be found by him. Because the time given to you Bible says, redeem the time. That's why Jesus waited 30 years. 30 years he waited. 30 years. 30, the very Son of God. The Word of God made flesh. The very glory of the Father. The first begotten Son of God. Waited 30 years. Because he was unwilling to do anything for God. Anything for his life and destiny without the Spirit of God. And when that Spirit came, everything he was doing up until that point, he left and followed what the Spirit demanded from his life. There is a demand of God in your life, my brothers and my sisters, and there must be a response. Where is the spirit in your life? 
Where is the spirit in your life? Where is he? You know you have found him when his voice becomes the strongest in your life, the loudest in your life, and the most important in your life. Where is the spirit? Where is the spirit? Where is the spirit? Where is the spirit? Why is obedient sons and daughters who will say, I'm here, I am walking this way, I am doing this thing, not because I want to do, but because I heard him speak to me. I heard him guide me. I heard him lead me. We can't say we love Jesus when we treat the spirit different from how he treated him. We can't say so. And one day we will have to all answer. What have you done with my gift? He will ask. What have you done with my gift? God said to Eli, because you have lightly esteemed me, I will lightly esteem you. Because you have no regard for me. I will have no regard. He says, I will not rest until no old person in your house is left alive. He says, because you could not hear God speak to your children, correct them. The Bible says, Israel harbored, hated the offering of the Lord because of Ophni and Phineas. And the Bible says it was a very great sin in the Lord's eyes. And their father did nothing. Their father did nothing. One thing you must understand, my brothers and my sisters, when you see everything in the body of Christ being exposed the nakedness of people being uncovered. One thing you must always remember is that the Spirit is the father of the church. The Spirit is the boss of the church. And that nothing happens without his consent. Nothing happens without him seeing. He knows what he is doing. And your role and responsibility is to stay within the confinements the Spirit has set for you. about him that many of us do not understand so much about him that many of us do not understand men are not anointed because they pray 
Men are anointed because they have sacrificed themselves on the altar of life. Prayer has never been a regulatory in the dispersion or economy of the anointing of God over men. It has always been sacrifice. It has always been obedience. And that is the ultimate sacrifice that every man must pay. If you cannot pay that sacrifice of obedience, no other sacrifice you will do in your life will mean anything to God. Don't fool yourself. For us to sacrifice, we must obey. For our sacrifice to have weight, we must obey. You find a Christian living in disobedience and praying, thinking they can buy God. Was he bought when Saul brought all those offerings? The Bible says he has turned away from following me. And these things the Bible says are written for our sake. They are written, they are written that we may learn. That we may learn. Telling us that that same God that did that has not changed. Is that you will have a glimpse of the requirements of the demands that God places on you living life we live life on borrowed time we don't own this time God the Bible says he is the author of life he is the author of life all of life, all of life is regulated and should be regulated by the Spirit of God. Your life. And this is beyond religion. This is, where did Abraham attend church? must learn to live within the dispensations of God. of knowledge of the spirit maybe maybe your desires will be set aflame to know him
me show you something. First Samuel. First Samuel. First song. Praise the Lord. Chapter number He was the greatest judge. 
And one of the greatest, when the Bible talks about Noah, they include Samuel there. When the Bible talks about David, Samuel is included there. Now, if God can raise a man under such conditions, what are the potentials of being raised under the perfect and right conditions? And not to say that the conditions in which Samuel was raised under was not right. It was right for him. But I'm talking about where the, there, is no, there is no crookedness. There's no perversity present. And the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Before Eli. So the people in that dispense, in that time, they lived. They lived without the word of God. They lived without the direction of God. They were defeated in most wars they fought. But until Samuel was born, until Samuel was born, who is Samuel? Samuel. It was when Samuel began to learn the ways of the Lord, began to have the revelation of the word of the Lord, that the word of God spread throughout Israel. But who is Samuel? Mother Hannah said, Lord, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. I will lend him. I will lend him to you. I will borrow him. And God used what was lended, what was borrowed to him. What was borrowed to him to spread his revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was lying down in his place and when his eyes had begun to grow dim that he could not see. And before the Lamb of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the Ark of the Covenant was, and while Samuel was lying down, the Lord called to Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am for you, call me. And he said, I did not call you. Three times he did that. Every time I read this story, 
I ask myself, Lord, some will reply to you, but you did not speak. Samuel did say, Here I am. Before he went to Eli, he did say, Here I am. And then when he got to Eli, he said, Here I am. But when he heard the voice, he did say, Here I am. God spoke. Samuel, Samuel, here I am. But God never said anything. Until the man of God perceived that this one is hearing from the Lord. And he tells him how to respond next time. So he says, don't say here I am. Say, speak Lord, for thy servant listens. And the fourth time God speaks to Samuel. Samuel says, speak Lord, for your servant listens. And the word of the Lord proceeded. Why didn't it proceed when Samuel said, here I am? But only after Samuel said, speak Lord. Because there was a way to respond to the voice of God that only Eli could teach Samuel. Because the Bible says at that time, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to Samuel. But Eli was acquainted with the word of the Lord. And he said, when he speaks, say, speak Lord. your journey with the spirit in your journey with the word of God the Lord will always set man in your path to help you strengthen to help you recognize to help you relate better with God those signs in your life you must never overlook primarily they will come in the fashion of servants of God secondary any human being Says these three are one. So he was talking about the word of the Lord. And the Lord is that spirit, remember. His genuine God was triggered because Eli could perceive that God was speaking to him. May God give you men who can discern. In our generation, what Christians need more than anything is to have men and women of God in their lives who will help and who know how to discern God. Because the times in which we are living in, everything is like God. Everything is shaped like God, staged like God. So you can see the relationship between the voice of God and the Spirit of God in your life. It's there. It's there. And He says, You are to live by every word. Every word. What will, I mean, the Bible tells us that Jesus, Jesus, because he had discovered treasure, he went and sold everything that he had. Just to buy a piece of land for the treasure. Has the word of God become treasure to you? 
has the word of God become a pearl of great price to you? Have you bought in? Are you, have you been convinced about the word of God? Have you been? Because I tell you, my brother and my sister, if you have been, if you have been, there is no resource in heaven or on earth that God will withhold to ensure that his word in your life becomes a reality. Look at the angels. Look at Gabriel in Daniel. He says, I've come to tell you, but I must go back and fight. Every, his, what is he fighting for? The word of the Lord. He comes and tells them, this is why the delays have been going on. But I'm going back to fight. When you hear, that says the Lord in your life, what happens to you? What happens to you? When you hear, thus says the Lord, what happens to you? In the Bible, every man who has ever succeeded, succeeded because he listened to God. Every man who has ever failed, failed because he disobeyed God. From your father, Adam, right up until Jesus. Okay, it's not your father. Jesus is a human father. Adam. How do you think that your life sometimes you know you know we are crazy. We are insane. We read, we read that Adam Adam, Adam fell because he disobeyed God. We read it. And then when it comes to our own life, we expect different outcomes. Uzwile, you heard that Solomon gave, offered a thousand of his uh, sheep. You read it. You read and he had an encounter with God. And you expect the same result, the same outcome for having done far less. You read that Moses supplicated before the Lord 40 days and 40 nights. And you think after four minutes, you will have the same results that Moses had. See how crazy we are? You see that? You see that? But there is a spirit in man. And the voice, the breath of the Almighty gives it understanding. If you're going to Let's end it this way, alright, for today. If you're going or your life 
is going to shape up. You understand? If your life is going to shape up to resembling the book of God or the plan or the will of God for your life, the spirit is an invaluable asset to having that materialized. There's no way. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. There is no way. There is no way. One guy God calls him. He says, "Come serve me in the ministry." It gets tough. It gets tough while he's still serving God because God said, "Go serve me." Right? It gets tough because don't think when God says, "Come serve me," things will just. Uh uh. Sometimes God. Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 is God's revelation to us about our own hearts. So sometimes for God to call something out, for God to do, there has to be a place where just like creation is yielded, is given to the Lord. So sometimes when God says, come save me, it's not for the service sake. You understand? Come save me in the middle or come, come sweep. For instance, God says, come sweep in my house. It's not for the sweeping sake that God is saying, come sweep. Do you understand? He is trying to deal with an area in your life that is rebellious. So the sweeping is God doing what? Is God killing that area and helping you yield to him so that he can turn something out of it. So he says, come sweep, and you come sweep. So this guy is sweeping. But while he's sweeping, he notices he's going hungry. He notices life's becoming strenuous and hard. He notices things are not going as he would desire. So he's holding his broom. He's looking at his life. And he is thinking the solution is to go look for a job. He's thinking the solution to how many people are working and are still suffering financially. How many people wake up every single day but things are not working out for them, for them in their lives. And he thinks the solution is what? Leave the broom, stop sweeping and go look for a job. Tell me, if you stop doing what God has told you, has led you into, and you go do something else, what voice took you from that point to that point? Tell me, what voice took you from that point to that point? Is it God? How do you know that is God or not God? Here's how you know it's not God. Because in that situation, you were acting out of desperation. You wanted food. You wanted to sort this out. And you thought this thing was the solution. 
Can you see? Can you see? Can you see what happens in our lives? Can you see how we deviate? How easy does it is for us to deviate? You stop. You leave the room. The thing that took you from there to there, what do you think is going to do to you? And where will you get the protection of the one who says, stay here? Because God asked Adam, where are you? He has shifted from where he placed him, positionally. Either spiritual or natural, we never know. But God says, where are you? Did you do what I told you not to do? So it tells us, when we do what God tells us not to do, positionally there's a shift. Positionally we move away. And that's where the nakedness shows up. Because when they moved from where God had, this, had, had placed them, they were naked. They were ashamed. Shame will always come. Nakedness will always come when we move out of where God told us to stay. So if God says stay in that job, you stay. That's what I'm trying to show you about life. That your life should be dictated, regulated, administered by the Spirit, by the voice, by the guidance of And sometimes he doesn't speak verbatim. He speaks through the inner weakness of the Spirit. That's why there is no one today that should cheat you, that should no one. There's no one that should cheat you, no one that should deceive you because you have an unction from the Holy You have it. And I didn't give it to you. The Spirit gave it to you. So no child of God should be duped or deceived or no, there's an inner witness. He says, ah, 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 ah. Yes, 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 yes. I'd rather die than lose it. This thing, I'd rather die than lose it. It's the same voice I use in my life and in the ministry God has given me. He says, stay, I stay. He says, move, I move. Men who have followed God have really been understood in this life. But they have been greatly, greatly honored before God. before God. Don't just live for the sake of living. The Bible says the thief cometh not except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come. The agenda of Jesus is to always promote Always elevate. Always advance your cause in life. If you can't hear the voice of God now, how do you expect to hear the trumpet when rapture comes? You know why? Because we think this thing is a joke. We think God is in the business of playing games with us. God doesn't play games with lives. 
is by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Out of the mouth of God. And humans are just microphones through which God speaks. You find the Spirit, you will know how to appreciate God. You will know how to appreciate that that says the Lord in your life. You, you will know. You, you will know that when God speaks, when, it doesn't matter what. When God speaks... <laughs> look, at, look at Abraham. Look at Abraham. God says to him, take your son, the son whom you love, and offer him to me as a burnt offering. Guy doesn't ask God many questions. And, and, and to prove that the guy doesn't ask God many questions, there's no other place in the Bible where it makes reference of Abraham questioning God, asking no. The guy wakes up in the morning, he tells his wife, We are coming back. Takes his servants, he says, Let's go. When they get to the place, he tells them, Stay here, we are going up. Guy's not saying anything. The boy's wondering, We have all these things, but where's the sacrifice? Father says, God will supply. God will supply. They get to Mount Moriah. They get there, he lays him down. He ties him, takes a knife, and is about to kill his only son because God said so. Naturally, naturally Abraham wouldn't do such a thing, would he? But because God has spoken, He does something you would never naturally do. Takes the knife. As he, the angel speaks from heaven, he says, Abraham, stop. Stop. In utter shock, he says, now I know that you feel God. Now I know. And in blessing, I bless you. In, God was saying, I will hold nothing back now from you. Everything I wanted and I was planning to do, I will do it. Without any exception, because now I know. The voice of God. And if there's a ministry God protects more than anything, is that of the pastoral and the prophetic ministry. Because these are two ministries that greatly express the mind and the heart of God. Especially the pastoral ministry reveals the heart of God. The apostolic ministry reveals the government of God. The prophetic ministry reveals the mind and the revelation of God. And these two are so essential. Without it, the church can't move forward. You know how he gets lost in your life? Yeah? How you can lose your way with the Spirit. You know how that happens? Yeah? All those areas in your life where you have disobeyed and not listened and not done, and those, those, are, those are the consequences 
of where many of us in the body of Christ are today. A whole nation suffered because Saul did one thing. Years later when David was king, he was suffering for something that he didn't know. Until he asked what he was done. He says, Saul, the house of Saul did this. It's what the, what's causing all this. It's not a religion I'm proposing to you. It's a real life with God. It's a real life with God. And you ought to have it. You ought to enjoy it. The benefits of following God far outweighs the inconveniences. You, you, know, you know how many people, how many people, what how many people would give just to have a peaceful night or peaceful sleep or peaceful life? You can't buy peace. Tell me, buy like which mall, which, 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 which internet uh, uh, space can you buy peace from? Is there a shop where they sell peace? Maybe Amazon. Or take a lot. Or Alibaba. Or AliExpress. Go type now when you go to go back home on Amazon or take a lot. If you buy online, that's it. You know? Otherwise, go to the Rabi, go to wherever. <laughs> Josie. And go search. Where can I find peace? No one knows how to give peace. And if, if peace was sold, it would be the most coveted commodity on earth. But the assurance of knowing that you are where God wants you to be and doing what God wants, the peace from there, he says that peace which surpasses all understanding will guard you, will protect you, will fight for you. Life with God. Life with His Spirit. Life. Look at what you look at how Jesus lives. Look at how Jesus lives. Look at how Jesus lives. Jesus. Jesus. From a young age, the Bible says in Luke chapter 4, he says, From a young age, his custom was to be in the synagogue. He wakes up. Early, he goes and pray. He goes to the synagogue. He does what God says. He goes outside. He ministers. He goes home. And he repeats the same thing over and over again. And he doesn't stay in one place more than he needs to be. Simple. You read the Gospels. Jesus is not living a complicated life. It's a provocative life because of all the things that he provokes from people, from things. But he himself is a simple guy. Simple. All he does is what God says. That's it.
know, some folks ask me, look, you know, Pastor, I want to know my destiny. I want to know uh, what God is, you know, what am I here for? And then you find the person is chilling three hours on Netflix, chilling three hours playing, he's outside, he's with the girlfriends online, doing all those things. And then he says, I really desire, you're a joke. You know what they want? What they want is just the pastor to do the job for them. No, 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 the Lord says. You know that one? No, the Lord says you are this. Uh-uh. We don't have time for that. Come by your love. No, find out yourself. Because the thing you discover alone with God will never be taken away from you. It will never be taken away from you. How can I know? Listen, listen. How na school? There's no even if they can write books. How na ABC to hear God's voice? It doesn't exist. There is the pattern, but how na ABC? No, it's like speaking in tongues. Is there? No. Nobody can say no. Now you do this when you speak in tongues. It's the same with hearing God. When you are ready to hear Him, you will hear Him. <laughs> If a man will separate himself long enough, God will come. God will come. So when you are alone and pray, you're, sometimes some, you're not alone. You're with your girlfriend, you're with your wife, you're with your boss there, you're, you're with everybody. Because you're playing out all these seasons, but your mouth wrecked for tea. If you are with God, your heart must be there first. Draw unto me, and I will draw unto you. You can't say, I hunger, desire. No. No. If you are hungry, you will go eat. It's the same with the Spirit. Jesus said, He that thirst, he that thirst, let him come to me. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Where we at now, my brothers and my sisters, in the program of God, requires that we develop a great sense of discernment. Not just of the ways of God, but also of the times in which we live in. You, we have, you see, we have to have that sense. You don't, do you, do you know, do you know what time it is? Do you know? money on your clothes, spending money, there's a fair mind coming, you don't know. How will your food, how will your clothes now sustain you in the fair mind? Who gave Pharaoh the dream? Satan. Who gave Pharaoh the dream? The Lord. And what did the dream entail? That there will be seven years of, and seven years of, since there were seven years of, and note, listen to me, listen to me. Listen to me. For you, my brothers and my sisters, that's how the seasons of life is. 
There's a time of plenty and a time of... What you do in the plenty will define how you live in the time of famine. It was Joseph by the wisdom of the Spirit who said, No, hey, take a 15% of everything that takes place here, we have, let's put it away. Let's put it, because those seven years will be gruesome. Why? He had what? He had discernment. He had discernment of the times. And because of the foresight of God in you, what was going to happen and how to prepare for it. You see that? It's time to gather, gather sheaves in the storehouses. See how much we need it? Imagine if Jesus hadn't told uh, uh, Mary or uh, Martha where he would meet the disciples. They would have waited in that house chilled in that house jesus would have chilled in galilee until it was time for ascension you see that the holy spirit is your greatest need whether you realize it or not he is he is your greatest need he is your greatest more than you need food, more than you need all these things, is Him you need. Is Him for life? Is Him? And like I said to you, how you live, the quality of your life is a direct reflection of how this, the operations of the Spirit in your life, the work of the Spirit in your life. Let His work in your life be priority. Let his work in your life be prioritized. Otherwise, you will live, you know, like he said, I say to you, all of you are sons of the Most High. Say you are God, all of you are sons, but you will die like me. Man. You will live life like an ordinary human being. If the things of the Spirit are not your primary thing. You will live, yes. Like I get papini will go to table. Utopila, yes. But number one, there'll be a void. There'll be a void you, you there's nothing that will fill it. And there's nothing as worse than being unfulfilled in life. The unknown God. That's all.